my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. And thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where for this go around, I'm sitting down with a Fijian international as of this year and one of the newest members of the Western Force in Manasa Matele. First of all, Bruce, thank you very much for your time. Grateful for it and how's things? Yeah, good, bro. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Um, having, I think I've, this is my second time doing this. Um, now, nah, really looking forward to it. And now nah, I've been good. Just, um, packing up and uh, getting ready for a big move, really. Have you been to Perth before? And, uh, oh, I've been there once uh, because we played, I think, two years ago. Oh, no, not two years ago. Uh, 2018, we, there was a June break that we used to have a June break in between. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we had like a, a warm-up game again before the season get, uh, gets going again. So we played uh, the force out in Perth. So that was my first time and the last time I've been there. So um, a beautiful place. And, and and what I've been hearing from, I guess, mates that have been there and have stayed there, uh, just a lot of good things, really. Uh, the weather, and nice and, you know, chill place, so it's good. Yeah, bro. Good things to come. And yeah. you only recently wrapped up with the Bunnings NPC. Uh, so yeah. how's the body holding up? I know you've had some injury troubles over the last couple of years, yeah. so it must have been pretty good to get through the start of this year with the Satyrs and then get a yeah. decent amount of footy under your belt. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely uh, was really happy, you know, to come out of the season in one piece. <laughs> one thing for sure. Um, but yeah, no, just, you know, really, really happy to, I guess, you know, start of the season, just get a few games in, you know, to play that top level rugby. Um, had a few niggles, but didn't really, you know, um, wasn't major. So that was good. Um, but yeah, to finish up the year, um, with you know again like I said in one piece is pretty awesome yeah bro um, and how have you found I don't know like the last couple of weeks like I know that you you had a little bit of a break between when the super season wrapped up and then you did some stuff with the Fijian international team which we'll get to later on and then I know you probably rolled into pre-season because I mean what, what what's the go with once you get over to Perth next week is it straight into pre-season or are you not back until Jan uh so the plan is for now is from what my agent tells me that um, goal going to quarantine and I'll probably be out on the 16th of December uh, and the boys go into Christmas and New Year's break. They, the break starts on the 22nd. Um, so they, they said for me, I'll probably just go in and get to, to meet everyone and to see, you know, how things are going and I guess just wrap my head around, you know, what's what's the goal, I guess, you know, talk to the coaches and expectations of, of, of the team. And, yeah, probably just get settled into the house, do admin stuff, but uh, not, yeah, not fully training until gym. So, but I'm just basically going there just to get a feel of what's going and what's going on and just meet the boys, really. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for it? Because, I mean, like, you've sort of been posted up in one spot the last couple of years and now, and it's a pretty yeah. big change moving countries. Um, yeah. So is that something that excites you, or are you a guy that you know craves new challenges? Yeah, definitely. For me, I guess you get so comfortable in one place that, for me, I guess I'm the I'm the second guy that you know I'm the guy that you know craves for new challenges. Um, and mm-hmm. I recently just kind of just learning more about myself um, the last couple of years, to be honest. Um, and I guess you get because for me, I wasn't that you know person that always you know wanted a new challenge because I was that person was always in my shell I guess coming straight from the islands you know you started off that way but then I guess when you were in a high performance environment like Crusaders it really challenged me as a person uh, and then I just you know started learning more about myself uh, especially when I got injured and I just you know talked to people around me and the common common theme that you know they talked about was learning never stop learning and um, and I guess the people around me was was probably the, you know one of the main reasons for how I just you know kind of changed the way I see things and perspectively and you know and just craving for the you know growth mindset and new challenge. So you know I yeah for me it's, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's definitely going to be different. 
I guess being here and the standard that we've I've set, you know, and as a team that we, you know, abide by, it's uh, one thing I'm going to take with me, uh, even though it's a different environment, but things that I've learned here, I'm going to, you know, carry, carry it with me wherever I go and just, you know, keep being the man that I am and, and just keep raising that standard for myself personally and um, hopefully others will just see and, 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 and trying to, you know, create the standard for themselves as well. So, but yeah, I love the challenge. It's, it's like I said, it's not going to be the same, but you know, uh, change is good for growth. So, um, which is I'm really looking forward to. Absolutely, bro. That's something I've learned myself. You don't grow as an individual when you're in your comfort zone. All of that stuff yeah. happens in the uncomfortable places, and yeah. I think that's probably been like the most telling thing I've learned over the course of my life, bro. It's like you'll be surprised at how much your environment actually plays a part in, in your growth and, you know, several aspects of your life. And I think that's probably like the thing about the Crusaders as successful as you guys have been on the field. And I think I've, I've heard a lot of stuff about the Melbourne storm and the, and the league circles, like obviously like you guys are world-class, like with your trainings and mm. tactics and whatever, and your nutrition, yada, yada, yada. But they obviously invest a lot of time into you um, with what happens off the field, like around your mm. mental health and, how you're developing as a person, you know, whether that be just as one of the boys, as a partner, as a dad. Yeah. So like, like going into the Crusaders environment at a relatively young age, yeah. Um, and then you know, being around all these world class players and characters like Razor, like, do you think you'd be the same person you are today had you been to like another super franchise or? Oh yeah, I I, I definitely probably won't be that person that I'm now. I guess, like you said, the environment. Um, I mean, my first time I went into, I guess, sitting in the changing room when, you know, we're doing pre-season, I got to know a few of the boys, but when the seat, when we were getting closer to the season, coming to the end of pre-season, that's when the AB boys joined. I was like literally sitting there and looking around me. <laughs> I was like, wow. You know, I was like, I had to like act cool. Act cool. And I was like, nah, just relax, man. Just relax. But, Man, the cool thing was, you know, those boys really made it comfortable for me to to be who I am, not trying to pretend to be someone else. Um, and that's probably one of the things that I love about the team was they respected me for who I am as a person, and I don't need to be anyone else that I'm not. And they really encouraged me in that way. And I think that's what brought the best out of me, you know, making me feel comfortable. And therefore, you know what, you know, these boys, you know, treat me like a brother or a friend. So therefore, you know, I'm going to do my utmost best for them. And that's, I think that's why for as, and being in the environment, when we play one thing, it's an unspoken word is the care for each other. You know, we show that by our actions. We, we, when someone misses a tackle, we'll, try and make the tackle for him like literally we have each other's back you know we don't say it as much but and that's probably the, like an unspoken word in, in our environment is the care that's literally you know you work hard you know even though you're the next person to you you know makes a mistake you can cover for them and it's like that you know and you always want the best you always want to do the best for each other um you know no matter you know whatever it is we always have each other's back and and I, I could definitely feel that i feel so at peace no matter who we come up against you know in the last five years i've played in this team going out there i know someone has always got my back and, and feel that confidence you know i can just go there and do what i do make a mistake or whatever you know these boys will just come and put me on the back next job let's go again you know and i guess and like i said at an environment that you surround yourself in definitely kind of just your attitude and your behavior it kind of you know brings brings it out so yeah definitely agree with, with that um and being in this environment i guess if i went to another team who would have known but definitely i guess everything for me I, i'm a big believer in you know everything happens for a reason and just me being in this team has really you know um for me i've really grown not just as a rugby player but as a person but yeah and that's this is one thing i'll I love about this team and what what he already has done for me.
Absolutely, bro. And it, and it shows on the field. I mean, you guys wouldn't have yeah. been half as successful as you were had you not had that bond. And yeah. everything starts from the top, no matter what. If things are yeah. bad, like usually you've got yeah. a bad boss, um, but when things are good, everything trickles down. And now I know yeah. there's been a lot of debate around Razor and the All Blacks at the moment, and I don't want to get into that. But for me, yeah. whenever I am fortunate enough to get boys like yourself on who have been yeah. under Razor on my podcast, I always just want to know, like, what is it about that fella? And like, because mm. he's been so successful everywhere he's been mm. and he does his dances and he's so charismatic when he does his interviews, but he gets the job done. So mm. he seems as though one of those guys where he, you know, he turned up to training and he's your best mate, but obviously like mm. there's a line drawn in the sand to where, you mm. know, he's still the coach and he has to make those tough yeah. calls. So what's he like in the environment and like how, like how do you think he balances it so well to where, mm. you know, you could probably go to him to talk about anything but then also yeah. at the same time, you have that respect from that, you know, that, you know, when it's game time or when it's training time, you turn up and you do your yeah. best and you don't joke around with them as much as what you might do with the, the boys next to you on the mm. paddock. I guess you, you said the word right there is balance. He does it so well that he knows when to, you know, be your friend, have a laugh, joke. You know, even when you walk on the street, you know, he's wearing a singer and, and a shorts and he's one of the boys. You never know he's going to be the coach, but... He, he does it so well um, you know, to balance you know, family time, to come in, you know, we joke around in meetings, but everyone knows when he's in the zone, in the meeting, like when he's serious, everyone knows. Everyone knows the expression, the tone of his voice. And one thing I love about him, he, every, it's like he's got a handbook of players and has all this list of what makes them the best or what makes him tick. It's like, he knows as an individual, you know, when he's talking to you, he knows what will get the best out of you. The way he talks, you know, what, what's your why? He, he'll talk to you and he's that person that he listens very careful to what matters the most for you. And he, and he can relate to you as a person. And for him, you know, one thing I, he, he told me was, you know, mana of, I've asked around about you. Uh, one thing I love about you is, yeah, I know what you can do on the field. Um, remember that, you know, one thing we chose you was for your character as a person, and you still got a long way to go. But you know, we're, we're here for you. And he, you know, well, again, with the way he talks, the confidence that he has in you, the way he, in the tone of his voice, it's something that it's like a, you know. I feel like he's doing a, a wee, you know, magic on you or something. But <laughs> it's, um, yeah, he has a way of bringing the best out of his players, whether it's through his actions or, or the voice, the, the, what he says. Like he's got something. Like he, he understands the players really well that, you know, when he does the, you know, before the game speeches, like you didn't have goosebumps. Like, you know, it's just that you, he, he, he's one person that you want to play for. And, you know, yeah, he, he's, he's definitely a special coach, like a literary all-rounder, to be honest. Mm. The way he balances everything, family, on and off the field, joke, you know, sit down with you, have a coffee, ask you questions, and not just footy, really, ask about family. You know, you know, what, for me, that's one thing that matters most. And he kind of knows that he's, and for me, even if he doesn't mean it or not, by just asking about it, just really gives me something like this guy you know it's not usually people just ask for my family you know mm. and that's one thing i've learned from him i've learned so much from him as well you know the way he talks coaches and i've sat down with him for what um you know for coffee as well and kind of picked his brain and he he the balance that he has and i guess life uh, he does it really well and he he the plays that he picks you know not all talent but he says, I want people with great character in my team as well. Um, and he picks, you know, based on that, you know, good people, you know, because one thing um, I learned was you, you're coaching the person and the athlete for after. So better people make uh, better athletes. So I guess, yeah, that's, that's one thing I, I can say about him. Yeah, I guess that's the crazy thing as well, because... You know, he's a former All Black. He's been there, done that. Mm -hmm. So he knows what players want or you'd expect him yeah. to know what players want. But yeah. to have it figured out at 
quite a young age. I mean, he he pretty much transitioned to coaching after he like retired almost straight away, and yeah. just the success he's had. You know, the, the tactical side of the game. Because I mean, like you guys have this ability in game. You know, when stuff's not going your way to reassess whether that be in your water breaks or at half time, and teams know that they have to play you for eighty minutes to beat you boys, and it's such a rarity yeah. that it happens. And I mean, but like that's just the rugby side. But then to have like the ability to, you know, instill confidence in you guys, like you said, with the pregame speeches, giving you the goosebumps and then also making you feel as comfortable as you can be. Because I mean, like, it's like any workplace, right? Like you turn up to training and the boys that you're there day in, day out with, they're, they're like a second family. And so like, mm. if you're not feeling like you can fully be yourself, of course, you're not going to probably perform to your peak. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's a testament to him and you know all the other yeah. coaches. Was it like Jason Ryan? I heard he's got a massive rap. I know he did a bit of work with you boys in the Fijian yeah. um, environment and stuff like that. So it's just like, yeah. as a, as a Hurricanes fan, man, I'm just like, why don't we do like a case study on what the Crusaders are doing or try and yeah. try and hire everyone from there, bro? Because yeah. something's in the water down there. Definitely. Like it's not just him. Like the way he picks the coaches as well. It's not yet yeah, not just uh, a code head, but Again, he, he always talks about good people. I want good people in my team. Yeah, and that goes to, like, even, you know, the way he he does you know, stuff, like, every year would have, or before the season, would have a barbecue with the guys in the office, mix and mingle. Not usually people do that, but he connects everyone. And that's mm. one thing he does really well, is connect, connect. And, you know, for him, he's, he's a thinker. You know, he plans stuff to the detail. And he's always that person that's always one step ahead. How can I get better? How can I, you know, do things a little bit better? You know, everyone's okay. Like, you know, for example, first year we won, second year, third year, okay. Obviously, everyone's going to catch up. So to win it, you know, four titles and five titles in, in five years, you know, he's always, like, you know, changing things, okay. Obviously, people are going to know where we're coming from here. Everyone's going to read our game. How can we change? They will always want to be here. So he's that coach as well. Mm. But one thing that just from him is that it's a whole team effort for him. Um, it doesn't just take the boys of the 23 or the players. It takes the whole community, your wife, your partner, your kids, mm. the, the office people that you know does the accounts and the um whatever you call it the people that does the all the people behind the scenes right yeah 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 the marketing stuff so he gets us all together barbecue get to know each other know each other's names uh, just have a yarn you know because not many people like some of those people are like big fans of the players but they don't get to get to you know even though they work in the same environment they don't even see these people you know but one thing that he tries to do was get everyone together we're all on the same level here we're all on the same team um so yeah that's probably one, one another thing that i love is that for him it's a big big family oh absolutely you know it's just it's funny how like the the things that people might not assume have like a lasting effect on people like mm. i'll give you an example there's someone in your workplace and they're wearing like a, a buzzy outfit that says just by you going up and saying, hey, yeah, I like your outfit. Something so little like that, you know, the, the attention to detail, which I feel like Razor does across the board, like you said, with yeah. getting people to mix and mingle, that has a lasting effect on people, like whether you mm. like to think of, or whether you even like comprehend that or not. It's just like, oh, what the hell? Like that person's gone out of my way. Or like you said, even learning names. So whether it's, mm. if he's just like, hey, Mana, or like someone in the in the office stuff, mm. if you're like, hey, Joe, you know, hey, Steve. And they're like, oh, yeah. He knows my name and then like you turn up to work you know with a smile yeah. on your face and then that's infectious and then like you said it, it it's carried over yeah. to the field and man you yeah. guys have won way too many championships for my liking but yeah it's, it's those little things man that people take for granted to be honest mm. you know people see the stuff from the field but the reason he goes above and beyond you know like it's it's a whole team effort you know it's, it's the people sitting on the office as well on the table sort of stuff out and you know, getting your gear when you're on time and the things that people don't see he takes notice of that and he shows appreciation for those people as well and that's one way he kind of brings us together 
and he acknowledges it at the start, you know, we thank you for what you do for us, the marketing, putting up our board boards or whatever you call it, you know, and just for my players, we really appreciate it and we just want to hear, share a feed with you and yeah, we, we just do that and exactly like some of the people put us, we put a smile on face if we know their name, it's like, oh, hey, you know, Doug or whatsoever, they like, oh, you know, and, you know, and play with their kids, you know, take photos with their kids. Like some of them wouldn't are shy to do that. But when we do that, I was like, oh, can I take a photo with you and my kid? You know, so like little yeah. things like that. It's, um, just makes you, you know, I just want to do more for that person or just want to make you work harder. Um, and, and that's it with those little things. Yeah. Like I said, when you to pick up whoever's, you know, like guys like Razor or any understudies that he has and bring them up to the Hurricanes. But you talk about being a shy Fijian lad straight from the island before mm. even getting into that Crusaders camp. But before that, you were in Taranaki. And then before that, you know, you didn't go to high school here. So no. can you fill us in on, um, you know, like what it was like growing up on the islands and what yeah. eventuated in you getting picked up in the academy in Fanaki? Yeah, um, I finished uh, all my school, my schooling back home in Fiji, uh, year one to year 13. Um, so year 13 was my last year of high school. Uh, I was named in the schoolboys PG team that we played. We came over in 2014 to Wellington. We played at Porirua. So that's, that's how I got over here. And that's where the Naki seen me. Um, obviously, I'm related to Seta because yeah, that's when he was playing in the Naki. But yeah, when I got there, they were just saying that they were looking to get some Fijian boys in. Um, to fill up for these boys because obviously they're getting super and they're not getting any younger so they probably might move on. Um, yeah, it, it was all crazy for me how it all worked out. Um, so after the school boys competition, we went back home, came to the end of the year um, of high school and probably my schooling as well. Um, it was crazy. I think it was close to Christmas that I got a call uh, from a, from an academy manager up in Taranaki. I don't know where I got the call. It was like a 012 number. I think it was an office number. Um, I don't know how he got my number as well. He said, oh, hey, is this Manasa? I was like, yep. Um, hey, this is blah, blah, blah from Taranaki. I'm the academy manager. Uh, is your parents there? I was like, yep. So I gave it to my parents. And they just had a yarn. And I was like, well, this is so random. And we thought, I, I kind of thought it was like a joke of some sort. Um, but yeah, just you know, conversation, and they were offering me a full scholarship to go and study, to go politic up in the Naki and to be in the rugby um, program as well. Uh, that was pretty cool, and it was just like for me, it was like ah, uh, you know, jaw dropping moment. It's like wow, you know, I was literally because I came back had nothing. A few of the boys that I played with, they were getting contracts over in France. And overseas, and I was like sitting there, oh, okay, I probably have nothing. And I was actually gonna, you know, try and look at some university options and look at what I wanted to do. But that came up, and it was just like a, I guess the timing was perfect. And, and you know, one thing led to another. And yeah, I moved over probably three months later, uh, Feb of 2015. I moved into Naki and yeah, went to politics. It was a, oh, a bit of chaos at the start when I got there. My bags didn't arrive with me, so I had to. So, so I had to. The next day, landed. The next day, I had to my first day at school. So I had to wear the same clothes from the airport, just take it off, sleep, and then put it back on, and then go to school. And then, lucky enough, I came that afternoon. My clothes were there. I was like, Bro, how did this happen? But yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so that, it started from there, really. Uh, got here 2015, and then just played played footy up there, played club, played under 19s, and then played sevens at the end of the year. And then, yeah, I played my under 19s, and then you know got a call from the CEO and the coach saying they were contracting for the following year, and that was just my first year in in New Zealand. I was like buzzing. I was like, whoa, is this really happening? Like literally everything was just so happening so quick for me. But yeah, then on again like this the this the coolest thing when i hear guys like you in their stories just how quickly things seem to unravel for you but mm. just taking it one step back you know growing up in the islands 
like were your parents big on you playing rugby or did like did you even like think about footy as a career like growing up over there I mean the fact that you obviously cracked that schoolboys team your last year mm. and then came over and had a bit of an experience with what it was like playing against you know the best players your age in Australasia but to then yeah. go back home and then you know talk about other boys having contracts and you yourself not having it like yeah like what like what was your like frame of mind like finishing off that last year of school like what was your career yeah. before you got that phone call yeah um so yeah growing up back home mum and dad was big on us on sports uh all my other siblings played sports as well and they were always on the sidelines supporting whether it's you know grassroots bare feet um you know playing for you we didn't have clubs we don't usually have club we used to have school school teams mm-hmm. so yeah i played um under nines under tens bare feet until under 11 we started wearing rugby boots but yeah mum and dad was really big in sports and it kind of just you know you enjoyed we we, we were gifted kids we we did athletics we did other sports growing up but yeah rugby was I guess one thing I loved because you know we play with mates and that's probably the beauty of, of rugby you play with your mates you know on, on a Saturday and I guess you train with them after every game and you get to have a feed together you know, just those little things. Yeah. And then I think coming up to high school was, you know, it was funny enough, I was, someone someone shared it um, from my previous, I think it was three, two years ago. It was my last year of high school um, when there was a, we had like those profiles for like at the end of year a magazine back home. And it was me and it was like, you know, your favorite food, what are, what are your goals? And I remember mm-hmm. I wrote down, I want to play in the Rugby World Cup and I want to play in the Super Rugby competition. This was 2014. And it was, I think when I made it 2017, nah, yeah, 2017, my first year, and someone reshared it. Oh, my dad actually took a photo of it and they posted it on Facebook. And everyone was like, just, <laughs> I was like, look at that. Like, you know, you're playing Super I totally forgot about it. Um, but I think, yeah, I've always, I think growing up, I love playing footy. I didn't think I was going to be a professional rugby player, but, you know, I've, I've grown up, I wanted to be an architect, to be honest, because I love drawing houses and I guess I love doing a bit of woodwork, you know, putting things together, joinery and stuff. But yeah, never in my mind that I'd be a professional rugby player until when I, I think when I came to New Zealand, and then we're, someone can speak to us, to be honest, I think uh, a swolga. He, I think it was playing for the Hurricanes then too. He was a prop. John Swagger, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so he came to speak to, and he was telling us that this is a job and you can do it as well. And I was thinking, wow. Because back home, it's to, even to this day, when I go back home, I, you know, because I, I, I don't um, drink uh, carbo alcohol or anything. I just, during conversation, I sit with my uncles. And they'd ask me, because I love telling stories about what we do over here. You know, they'd ask me, oh, so, you know, I watch you on TV, you know, it's, you, know you guys have got a pretty good team, blah, blah, blah. And then, they'd say, okay, so what else, what other work do you do? Well, what do you mean? Like, oh, so you play on a Saturday, what other job do you do in the week? I was like, just train. Yeah, but, you know, every other day, what do you do? rugby is my job and they were looking at me weird I was like what do you mean because in Fiji it's the it's the same like you play on a Saturday you train every afternoon after mm-hmm. work and then you just play Saturday and and they think it's that way as well it's so funny every time <laughs> I speak to them and they're like so you're just getting paid to play rugby yeah for them rugby is not it's just something that you know because we love to play rugby yeah. but work is different they don't treat and now it's you know they have a bit because the sevens players become yeah. fully contracted and all that stuff. But yeah, it's so funny when you sit down with them, they ask you all these questions. Like, what do you mean you just play rugby for a living? Like, hey, that's what I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, it's um, going back home was I guess like, you know I'm home. I haven't been home in two years, so it's been um, you know, wouldn't have translated for things to be honest. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I guess it just shows the privilege, really, eh? Like, of um, just how fortunate boys like yourself. I mean, like, you deserve all that you've earned and and, Mm -hmm. and all that you've got along the way. But 
yeah. it really is you know when you go back and you humble yourself you get down to the grassroots and you see guys playing rugby yeah. just for the fun of it and not so much the, the business side of things but yeah uh you so you come from the islands come over for a trip go back home get a phone call yeah. three months later you're on a plane back your bag arrives yeah. late get through 19s you get to the end of that year play a bit of sevens and then you're essentially a professional rugby player from there um so because yeah. in the taranaki academy setup i i know it probably differs from you know wherever you are around the country like in terms mm. of like the canterbury and dunedin wellington yeah. whatever but were you like training with the high performance side while you were with the academy boys or did you ever do any sessions with the senior boys um or was it not until that you got to the end of 2016 when you were in that environment that you started like familiarizing yourselves with like you know the charlie nartis and you know yeah. your uncle setter and all that yep um i think it was it wasn't until coming to the end of um the the comp for rcm back then yeah because i was playing i didn't i was just doing academy stuff really and a few other boys were getting invited in but i was just focusing on studying and doing academy stuff and um, it wasn't until like close to the end of the season because i think they were they knew that I had the potential to be in there, mm-hmm. and then they, they started dripping me in, which was a pretty cool thing. I was I was buzzing there, um, you know, against Charlie Natai, you know, Sita, and a few of the other boys. You you know them by name, and you know it's uh, crazy. You know when they say, oh, "Hey, bro, my name is this," this and I'm like, oh, my God, "I don't know who you are." <laughs> uh, but then you know, yeah, it's, again, like I said, acting cool. Oh, hey, bro, my name's Ben. Oh, nice to meet you. But I literally know, knew everyone's name before they even came up to me. Um, but it was fuzzy again. I get into, yeah, I trained with them probably twice. Uh, did a did a full session. But yeah, it was pretty cool how they dripped me in as well. I get to kind of have a feel of how they do things. And the standard again was different from academy standard uh, going up to that, I guess, semi-pro or you know, that might have RTM uh, standard was whole lot of you know detail and whatnot so yeah it was, it was definitely next level mm-hmm. so you obviously put the work in over the course of that year before you got your first proper taste yeah. uh, and you made your debut against hawks bay if the internet is correct um and yeah. what you would have still been like 19 at the time right still yeah I was a, still a teenager yeah. so yeah. talk us through that like being that environment being told that you're going to play i see that you even got a dot in that game bro like yeah. Are you like, I mean, you talk about like everything like happening so quickly. So in that moment, are you the sort of guy that gets, I don't know, caught up in his own head or were you quite good at like processing things and taking things day to day? Um, I probably was caught up with my own head because everything was uh, relatively new, especially, mm. you know, from being in Fiji, I, I had to learn a lot quicker around, you know, timing because you know everything was um you know up to standard because in Fiji you know island time you know if they turn up 10 30 you know 10 five minutes later you turn up you know when it's supposed to be starting at 10 30 so like all those things for me was I guess the, the mindset that I I guess you know it was all new but one thing for me was I guess I didn't put any pressure on myself all I had to do was, you know what, just make every opportunity count. You know, it's, hey, if you play well, you play well. If you don't, you know, back to the drawing board, start again, get better. How can I get better? You know, and just, and, and for me, it was always that. I remember that week coming into that game, it was just, you know, just do my job and do it really well. And, you know, catch the ball, high ball, and if I, it's my ball to carry, just carry hard. Like just little things, just breaking it down, you know, breaking it down for me and just keeping it simple was, was the main thing. And yeah, you know, played a few games, played really well and played the first six games, to be honest, of the season. And I didn't play the other six because I think a few of the older guys were coming back from injury. But yeah, I guess the six games, I guess, just made the most of my opportunity. And, and the Crusaders was, just gave me a lifeline, you know what, we're going to give you a chance to see what you can make of it. That was the same mindset for me as well, going into the Crusaders environment. Let's make every opportunity count. Who knows what might happen. And who gave you that phone call? Was it Razor? 
Yep, it was Razor. It was it was probably it was for one of the craziest times for me because I was actually um, supposed to go to the Blues to be honest. Oh, true. Uh, yeah, it was end of the season. Um, my coach told me that you know the Blues were interested, and I was like, I oh, I haven't really thought much about it. But yeah, you know, I I went up to the Blues, met with Tana and and a few uh, management up there and started chat around and you know, we they're really interested. Oh, uh, and then yeah, the following week was didn't get much from them. Oh, that was it was crazy, a uh, crazy, crazy story. Um <laughs> so when I got back from the blues environment, my phone rang and it was the um the chief they called me as well and they wanted me to go down to get some testing done and I was like, What what's happening here? And then called my agent, he said the chief called me, they wanted me to come up to Hamilton to do a testing. I just told them to wait because I was going to call you. What should I do? And he said, bro, I'm going to call the blues and see if they're interested. If they are, then, then you don't have to go. Just call them back saying, oh, sorry, I can't make it. Um, but if they're not, then he'll pick me up and then take me down to Hamilton. So, yeah, it was probably 20, 30 minutes later, he called me back and said, bro, the blues are going to take you. This was Zubilee. Um, haven't signed a contract yet, but I was like so excited. I was like, man, you know what? Um, it's gonna, this is crazy for me. I told mom and dad, my dad was crying <laughs> um, about just how everything's been happening uh, for me. And then it was crazy. The week after, I was gonna come down here to surprise my partner. And this was, yeah, on Tuesday. So Tuesday, the following week, I came down to Christchurch to surprise my partner and then my phone rang as I landed and it was my agent saying, bro, you wouldn't believe it. Like, what do you mean? He just said, the Crusaders are called me and they said they're really interested in taking me. I was like, what? <laughs> this is crazy. And I was coming down to surprise my partner and say that I'm going to the Blues. So all of that had to be on hold. So it was funny enough. Two, three hours later, we had to go grab lunch with my family I surprised her and so I didn't tell her yet because mm -hmm. all this had to be on a hold because of that call and it was crazy we're at Burgerfield and then a phone rang like off random number answered it's like hey this is Carl Robinson is this Manasseh yep um hey bro I just want to congratulate you they were going to give you a full contract and the Blues offered me a a, a wider so it was it's crazy. And yeah, I was like, just, well, I was just not saying anything. And he said, bro, are you, are you still there? Like, yeah, I'm still here. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, I was just one word. I was like, thank you. And nothing else. And he goes, oh, are you okay? He's like, yep, yep, I'm okay. I'm just <laughs> shocked right now. And I called my agent and, and he just said, um, you know, like, bro, I've never seen anything like this happen before. To, for being like an undrafted to people and you know, a team's just trying to you know give you an opportunity and straight to a full contract as well which is crazy enough and then yeah I won't sign for a year that year as well and I guess going to that camp it was just crazy it was I guess the mindset of you know what learn as much as I can make the most of the opportunity because you never know when the opportunity is going to come again so, yeah, I, I literally just focused on getting better, asking the right questions, doing the right things. And when my opportunity came in, played a couple of games that season, 2017. And then before the boys left for South Africa in the final 2017, uh, Leon McDonald and Brad Moore came up to me and they said, no, bro, we've been really surprised about the things you've done this year. You've really exceeded the expectations from a shy boy that you were at the start. It took a while to kind of get the, some words out of you. So, but you've grown into that person now with confidence and the ability to do, like not many people can do what you do um, and just creating opportunities for other people, just, you know, just the little things that I do really well, offload, just, you know, and all those things that we've, we've come in. And one thing that we were surprised with was my communication. And they said, you know, it's a, it's a good balance you have. You know, you're the loudest person out there communicating. You'll be 
screaming at everyone, telling them where to go. And, and the thing is that you're not shy because I could hear you calling out those, you know, Sam Whitelocks or, or Ryan Crotty just to tell them where to go. You know, not many first years can do that, even on a game, you know. And I'll literally be screaming at them and just tell them to get up or get away or sit early or whatever it is that I need to tell them to do, I tell them with, with a very, you know, dominant voice. And they said, no, they said, what you did was some of these boys that are world class now in their first year, they didn't even do that because they were so scared you know, or whatever. But for you, it's, um, you, you really knew, knew the balance around that. Um, yeah, and it's just for that, you know, we've been really surprised. Like I said, we've exceeded expectation for what we expected of you. And we're going to give you a two-year contract. Oh, what? I was like, literally, I, coming to the end of the season, I was thinking, yeah, go home, um, go into the Nike, play club, do my best, and see where it goes from there. And then, yeah, and then literally a few days after that, they called me into the room and said, you know, before we leave, we probably might not see you when you're back, but um, we just want to let you know that we're going to find you again for two years. Whoa, that's crazy. It was definitely a blessing, to be honest. So mind blown, mind blown. Yeah. Holy hecka. Again, like all that within the space of two years yeah. of yeah. leaving Fiji yeah. was just a dream. Yeah. And definitely. Now you have all the security. And I mean, and one of the other questions that I, I wanted to throw into that mix, bro, with you being in the Crusaders environment, um, you know, your uncle, you know, Seta, yeah. he was a part mm. of those championship, you know, he was part of that dynasty. How mm. special was that being able to? you know, yeah. share that environment with someone, yeah. you know, that like, yeah. I've, I've talked to guys who have brothers mm. and, you know, that they've played, you know, it's, it's one thing for someone like myself, if I shared the, the field with my brother or my dad yeah. or whatever, but to be in a mm. high performance environment yeah, and share that space. I mean, yeah, that must have just was, like added to it, eh? Oh, it's special. I even like playing in the next year to play. I remember one game we played together was pretty special. Uh, with him, it was my debut actually. He played the bay and he was there. It was pretty cool, really cool uh, to do that. And you know, when he, I knew before it came out the news, he was telling me that I'm gonna go to the Crusaders. Man, that's cool. And then he he got a shock because I think he that when I remember he got a shock because he knew because we have the same agent. Mm-hmm. He got a shock that I I was gonna come to the Crusaders as well. It was crazy because he knew I was going to go to the Blues because our agent was like, oh, man, I'm probably not going to the Blues. But my agent didn't tell him because everything happened so quick, just like that. From, you know, because what he knew I was going to Blues and he was just talking to me as well. Okay, you know, do you remember just giving me advice as well? But um, he was really happy when I went to the Crusade as well and we stayed together. It was pretty cool. It was one of the best feelings ever. Again, your family were proud of us. Um, he was so happy. Um, even when we had the opportunity to play together in Fiji, playing for Crusaders versus the Chiefs. Uh, he's, he was on the other team now <laughs> before he was with the Chiefs. But to do that was unreal. Best moment, you know, probably one of the highlights of my career so far um, is you know, me and him playing in Fiji uh, in front of family and friends. You know, uncles, aunties come from the islands, you know, by a boat or from different parts of Fiji just to come and watch us. Um, you know, get to see them after, take photos. It was pretty cool. It was really cool. It's special what rugby can do, bro, about, you know, bringing yeah. families and even different communities together. Yeah. And I have to ask as well, man, uh, you know, like when you're in those training sessions with your uncle or like when you're playing against them, What's your mentality? Like, I know that you go out on the field and you treat any one of the opposition as the opposition, yeah. but like, given your bond, is it like a one-up thing where like, if he's running it, like you want to make sure that you let him feel it. Like if you, if you're going into contact with him, because yeah. like any of the boys that I know, like I've, yeah. I've got a, I've got a couple of good mates of mine that are Fijian and I can only imagine what it would be like if those two went head to head in terms of just yeah. like trying to run around each other. So did you ever have any moments like that when you were training with them or when you went I up guess, against them? Yeah, for me, it's, um, 
we we both know it's a you know hard performing environment. And for me, as because I was young, I I'd always have that, you know, okay, ask myself, you know, do I want to be the best? Yep. And what does it take to be the best? And for me, it was, I guess, whether it's trying to run around him, because obviously Matthew probably just <laughs> shake me. Um, you know, just I guess tactically, just kind of be one step ahead in, in some sense, you know. I guess, and and this, you know, to put into just trying to show him up, really. <laughs> um, but you know, whether we and him are training on other each other's sides, whether it's I guess a simple, you know, just trying to and understand where it's coming from, or just draw out ball because I'll bounce him because he always comes in, kind of thing. You know, just <laughs> yeah, always trying to beat your opponent, and then that's and we both understand uh, that as well, and we always trying to. I guess in training, that's literally uncle and you know nephew on the hanging on on the side before you come into this field. So now we we understand what was expected, you know, and training. It's just no matter what it is, just do your job and do it really well. So and whatever that meant, you know, was just yeah, whether it's tackling or whatever, just just do it really well, you know. And you won't be asking any questions while you're being soft. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's um, we 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 really um just you know do our best on the field, and if he had to run over me, then he probably would run over me. So whatever it is, just I guess for me, you know, if he knows if he was running with me, then I thought, yeah, I guess I'd tackle him now. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's always competitive, especially in the environment. It's always competitive. And that's one thing I love about the team is no matter who you are or if you're a starting player or coming off the bench player, we always have the care to teach one another what you know the individual is lacking, whether it's a high ball technique and, and for me I struggle with that and Izzy Dag was, you know, was one person that, you know, Mana, just try and keep your eyes on the ball all the time. Don't look at the player, just look at the ball and just make sure it's a shotgun, you know, like a holding shotgun kind of thing. And yeah, you know, just Things like that, whether it's understanding of the game as well, Izzy Day, uh, George Bridge, you know, there's a mana, you know, here next time, just always think about what this guy's doing, you know, whether it's attack or D, try and get a bit deeper because if you're too flat, it's going to smack you one on one. So it's just, and you know, for me, I was growing in the game as well, and I had to ask these guys, oh, can you help me with this? What can I do better in this? You know, and, and if I'm not playing or, not, or, or he, whoever, whatever it is, they're always willing to, to teach you. Um, and that's, again, with the environment that I was in, like Crusaders, that's why one thing as well is no matter who's starting or who's on the bench or who's not playing, we always have time for each other. We're always approachable, whether it's a text away, as like to say, okay, meet me at the early morning here at the computer, we'll show you what I'm saying, you know, and or they can come back to me and if, if they ran around me, that's coming like I, I, I knew you were going to come hard. So make sure that you always keep an eye on me, not the ball, you know, always helping each other, you know. Mm. So because one thing we, we always talked about was, you know, when the next person is injured, you know, make sure that you prepare the next person up really well. So because that's why whoever, if you see the players that they have played, made their debuts, no matter who comes in, it's like the standard doesn't drop because that's mm. what we do. We always help the person next in line, prepare him for the best he can, you know, whether he's whipping up a club rugby, whatever. <laughs> but hey, if he's given the opportunity, make sure he's ready. You know, it's not like a, you know, I'm a starting player, I'm not going to help you, or you can find your own way or whatever. But nah, there's none of that in this environment. And I've never seen that in this environment, to be honest. Everyone is always willing to help. How to get it's that growth mindset across the board, uh, players as well. Like, just how can I get better? You know, there's little things. So, that's again one thing that I love about things. Sorry for dragging it so long, but no, no, no. This is for I love those answers because that's where I get the real insights into you know what makes you guys wonder, you know, what 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 makes up your story, and you know, like, especially like in, in an environment that you've been a part of and why you guys have been so successful, yeah. 
any sort of little stories, you know, like these where it's like, okay, yep, that explains why they're so good and why it's literally, you know, like iron sharpens iron. It's like, yeah, that's it. Literally, yeah, like the Crusaders could name a no name going into a game week and then next minute, like they're an all blacks bolter because it's just like, it's like, and then people are like, why? Like, how is this the thing? But like you said, the the preparation is done, you know, not only on the field, but also afterwards Mm. and people aren't afraid to ask questions and, Yep. guys are willing to share their knowledge so that way they mm. know because it, it, it sounds like it's just straight team first it's not about the individual yeah it's nah, about it's never putting the team first yeah as much mm. as you see all blacks players world-class season our team it's definitely that it's team first and that's you know one of our values in the team uh team first you know whatever it is you always put the team first whether you're a hundred cap you know all black player or you know a zero cap you know, Crusader player doesn't make a difference. You know, we're always there for each other. You know, how you talk, how you communicate. Um, something we value in the team. Absolutely, bro. All right, going from, I mean, I, bro, I love these stories and I love the Crusaders, yeah. but in the back of my mind, I'm just like, man, you guys win too much. I'm a Hurricanes fan. Like, this gets on my nerves. <laughs> so moving from, from, from one cool team to another, bro, Fiji this year. Yeah. You get to represent the motherland and against yeah. the best team in the world. You know, against quite a few boys that you know yeah, you're used yeah, to seeing yeah, on the yeah. daily, bro. And I watched a really cool segment on, really cool in the sense that it was quite, mm. um, quite emotional and quite heartfelt. Mm. I know you did a yeah. thing for Sky, and the build up to the All Blacks test, yeah, and how much those games meant with all that was going on back home and mm. the climate that we live in at the moment with COVID and just all, all the stuff that's happening environmentally. So, how special was that for you? It sounds like yeah. you give mum and dad a phone call to give them a heads up with whatever's you know to come for you next. So I can only imagine yeah. how big their smiles or um, how big the tears would have been of joy, of course, oh. when you told them that you'd be playing for Fiji. I'll leave that yeah, it was. Uh, it's yeah, it's um, unexplainable feeling to be honest. Um, to I guess represent not just your family but the blood that runs through you. Uh, your friends that you grew up with man it's uh it's probably one of the best feelings ever uh, to represent where you come from and to play with probably you know the players that i watched growing up you know some of those boys in the team like again i was like buzzing you know world-class players in, in, in some of the european you know side of things man it's um you know, to hear some of their stories as well. Some of them have been home just because, again, not just because of COVID, just because the traveling is too far and I guess expensive as well. But um, yeah, that's why, you know, if you could see, I shed a bit of tear at the end there mm-hmm. because, you know, what this means for, you know, especially with the COVID stuff that was happening at home during that time, it was crazy, crazy. And we just want to put a smile, a performance together that could put a smile on. On, on families and friends' faces back home uh, through a tough time. Because that's rugby is one thing that stops the whole of Fiji, like, literally. In fact, the sevens competition, sevens, uh, you know, the boys make the final whatsoever, literally everything, tools down, sit down in front of the TV, just watch the boys play. Um, and, you know, it was probably one of the best, you know, for me, again, it was like, playing my debut game for the Crusaders, you know, as the boys, the cool thing was the boys were up for the challenge, man. Like, the boys knew what we were going into, you know, playing the best team in the world. Man, it was pretty cool standing in front of the hacker. Like, you know, you always see it on TV. To do that uh, in front with, with those boys beside me, like I haven't played in, like, all VGM players, um, since 2014 when I played schools. Um, and it was pretty cool. Some of the two of the boys that I played with at schools that I actually played in the Fiji team as well, which is pretty cool to reunite with them. But you know what? It was, um, man, the, the time we spent together, you know, to the time we had like our prayer meeting at the end of every day. Um, we sing songs, we share. Man, it's, it was kind of like an emotional time for me to think that, man, I've missed this, man. I've, I've missed, you know, speaking in Fijian all the time, singing, 
chatting with the boys, having a few laughs, literally every single day, you, it's, your stomach is so sore from just laughing. Because some of those boys do some, some dumb stuff that it's just like, what are you doing? But, you know, it's, it makes it so enjoyable. Uh, mm. Man, it just reminds me, man, I miss home. I haven't been home in a while. And some of those boys haven't been home. Some of them, like, you know, New Zealand is just literally two hours flight to Fiji, but just because of COVID, they can't, so they had to go back to the club. And that was, you know, when I was speaking in that video, that was one of my mind, because some of those boys have families they haven't seen in mm. two, three years. They have kids. Um, it was just a time, and with all that stuff going on, man, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Just the the times we had with each other, the boys, team training was different from what I'm used to. <laughs> um, but man, you know, just getting stuck in and, and learning from those boys, you know, what it means to play for Fiji, you know, just playing with some of those outside those boys that I used to watch on TV growing up. Uh, it's crazy, man. And again, one the coolest thing, like I said before, is, you know, your family and friends was afterwards, you know, mum called us and saying how proud they were of me playing in front of you know, family and friends. And they said, man, son, I should have taken a photo, but I couldn't. It was my house, the house that we stayed because we live in a, like a townhouse and it's like an extension. So we extended our front um, house and there was like the TV. So people outside can look from it, like literally right up to the TV, like literally the whole community came into my small house outside inside standing on top of the car looking in through the window <laughs> it was literally man and you, you know even though we we, we didn't you know, win but i know with that we put in an annual performance to put smiles on you know, on, on a feminine friend's face back home and man mum was the same man every time you guys make a big hit every time when you guys for the try it was like the house was gonna fall down because people were just jumping like flawlessly punching the roof like because the roof's not that high you know like wall and like literally running around outside like man i can just only imagine um i was one of those boys you know when we were watching the 2007 uh, rugby world cup sevens where bg won it was crazy crazy time that day mm. not in pg1 like literally sound people driving across the road beeping their horn pg flags just running around the you know at night time you know fireworks just going off like man i could just only imagine and you know and my mates from school you know that i grew up i grew up with they were just missing me on facebook man we were so proud, man. Well, we were so happy to see you, you know. And I keep telling you, know, some of the boys, some of my mates, there, but I mean, I, I used to tell my friends from work, this one of the boys, I know that guy, I grew up with him, I went to school with him, and some of them were just like, oh, stop trying to be one of those people. That just, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, and they were, I was just laughing because his friends, they didn't believe him. Mm. But man, his, you know, they said, man, we were proud, uh, friends and family. Aunties and uncles, man, man, we were so proud of you to represent PG, the performance that you guys put out there, you know, and that's, to be honest, that's what money cannot buy. And that's one thing I'll cherish forever. And yeah, I just, PG, man, that time was probably one of the best moments in my career, to be honest. Surreal, bro. Putting the white jersey, so cool. Bro, and your your jerseys were hissing. They were the coolest looking jerseys, bro. I know. It is Nike as well. The first time like, we see no gears, you're all like, yo, this is me. Oh, holy. But like you said, bro, um, I guess that's the coolest thing about mm. watching the Island Nations is that it goes far beyond, you know, the performance on the field. Like I know that, the, you know, every mm. fan of whatever nation is passionate, but... Mm. There's just it, it hits different, you know, for you Fiji and Tong and Samoan oh. boys because it just shows. I think like we as Kiwis sometimes, you know, like being a professional rugby player, it definitely isn't the norm. 
but I think for someone like yourself who knows firsthand, you know, what like I dreamt of being an all black, right? Mm. But my dream of being an all black would be totally different to what yours would have been growing up in the islands. Like mm. it probably would have been like my dream times a hundred just because of the resources that I had available to myself. Yeah. Um, and like you said, to have, you know, I mean, I've been in some pubs where it's been pretty packed out, you know, just watching a game of rugby, but not to the extent where you literally have the whole village or the whole community getting in behind right. one small screen oh, and then thanks. celebrating like you know just every pass or every carry or like oh yeah yeah oh. every bump off like literally yeah every, in a massive tackle and bump said like it's like someone scored or something like it's just a tackle but you know yeah. to do that against the best players in the world it's like everyone was just screaming their lungs off. Oh my gosh, I can just imagine. But man, there's there's something, it hits different. Um, I guess to me, it's the feeling of, I guess, winning a championship or whatsoever, representing where you come from, it hits different. Like there's something about it that's unexplainable really. Because you know, you, you're representing a, a generation. I know mm-hmm. that um, I guess like I said the blood that runs through your veins and hey you know it's, it hits different man exactly bro really and man. with the news that we received this week about the eligibility yeah. laws man the best times are yet to come brother watch out I know. <laughs> definitely definitely it's, it's gonna be crazy yeah, yeah bro well uh, bro I mean that's the perfect note to sort of wrap things up on in terms of your career i mean it's again like it's crazy hearing stories like this and you know just how life-changing you know one phone yeah. call from a guy in taranaki yeah. can be for you and how that's then gonna flow on to you know the, your family the extended family mm. and your kids and whatever's to come for you next but um yeah. before i let you go i love to wrap my interviews up on two notes the first being can you take us through your game day routine um game day routine for me uh, for me, on a normal game day, wake up, have breakfast. Um, so if this is for 7 or 7 p.m. or 7.30 mm-hmm. kickoff, um, I'd have breakfast. Uh, whether it's go out with the boys, I'd just do my normal oats and bananas, whatever. Pretty casual. Um, and then I, I just probably pack my stuff, you know, get ready for the afternoon. And then I just start cleaning. I just love cleaning around the house. Making sure that, you know, when I live here, everything's nice and tidy. So when I come in, you know, you come to a nice clean home. I love doing that. And I just chill, really, play a game or call home and to see what they're up to. And I ask the other guys watching the game. So, yeah, they're always, they're always going to be there ready. But, um, yeah. And then we have our walkthroughs. Just walk through the plays again, backs, forwards as a team. Probably takes 15, 20 minutes. And then we'll go into pre-match meal um, in our wee hotel just around the corner from Rugby Park. Yeah, we'll just have like a usual boiled chicken, mashed potatoes, poached eggs, baked beans, avocado, and a bit of scone at the end. Yeah, and just, you know, from there we usually have three, three hours till we get to the final, I guess, time that we have to be at the stadium. So most people just sleep, have a nap. Uh, for me, it's just, I don't go home, just be on my phone. It just comes to the wife at home and just chill. And then, yeah, go to the stadium, get ready, uh, warm up, play, and then drive through. McDonald's. <laughs> go to. That's every, after every game, you see the boys in the McDonald's drive-thru. It's the drive, either a drive-thru or they sitting inside enjoying the McDonald's. So. <laughs> Hold yep. that thought, bro, because yep. um, I do have a question for that. Um, my last segment, it's called 10 in yep. the bin. It's just 10 quick fire questions, and you just answer them with whatever comes to mind first. Yeah. All right, number one, what's your must on a day off? Mini golf. Ah. True, just yourself with the missus or what? Uh, with the boys. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. We do a comp. We do a comp where you kind of, you know, put it, make it interesting, you know, mm-hmm. put a few few dollars in where you win where's it all <laughs> so keep it keep it competitive mm-hmm. cool bro cool all right now i know that you said that you don't drink but yep. if someone's offering to shout you is it a coke is it a pepsi like what is it a gatorade what is it what's your drink 
Coke Zero. Raspberry Coke. Raspberry Coke. Yeah. Nice, man. Uh, who's the biggest coach's pet you've been around? Mm. I haven't thought about that. I don't know. I haven't really <laughs> thought much about that. It's all good. These are quick fire questions. All right. Number four, you just talked about your Maccas, you know, after every game. What's your order? Quarter pounder uh, combo and uh, three cheeseburgers and coconut sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Got a refill. Um, who was yeah. your childhood idol? Uh, Joe Rockefeller. The Rocket Man. Well, I remember him early days, eh? Did you try yeah. and emulate his swan dives? Yeah. Like the blues, man. I was just probably one thing I was like thinking about when I was up there. The blues. You know, he was there, but you know, who would have known? But next thing you know, ended up in the red and black. <laughs> championships, bro. Championships. Yeah. Um, travel destination is there one spot in the world that you love going back to or is there a place in the world that you want to go to once we open back up um, probably Egypt or Israel down that side yeah. nice uh, who's the cheapest teammate you've been around let's see I've got to answer that um, Jack Goodyear <laughs> yeah every time we go from Every time we go breakfast or outside chat, we usually have breakfast and talk. He'll, he'll just come in and we just grab a coffee. Like, oh, you know, I just grab a coffee and I just have my oats at home. Don't want to waste my money. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, Fair enough, bro. I, I, I don't count other people's pockets. Um, what's your go-to song at the moment? Or is there a go-to artist that you're jamming? Nah. Not really. I'll just different varieties, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the big feeling? Yeah, bro. 100. Yeah. Definitely a mood guy as well. Uh, yeah. Who's the biggest grub you've played with or against? Probably um, Dan Coles, probably. He's always throwing out some chat out there. Everyone just, <laughs> like, even when you're not doing it, he'll just give it to you. Right? And it's like, what's this guy up to? But he was just trying to get in your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's notorious for that, bro. All right, my man. Last question, you just got to finish off a sentence for me. Saturdays are for? Me and my wife, sorry. <laughs> so I'm married now, so I can't say that anymore. Hey, hey bro, I, I don't pass any judgment. This is a question for you to answer. <laughs> yeah, so even if I have to go to the board, I have to ask for permission, you know. So got to keep her happy, you know. Bro. If, if, if I was still, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, then definitely for the boys, you know, footy, go watch club and just, but now that I'm married, it's a whole different answer. <laughs> bro, gotta happy be careful, wife, gotta be careful. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> gotta be careful with the answers I give. 100, bro. Um, well, honestly, I can say this has been an absolute pleasure, my man. Very, very grateful for you giving um, yeah, up a, a big chunk of your time. Went through some technical difficulties to start with, but yeah, thankfully we got there in the end um, yep. and I just want to wish you all the best uh, with your footy going into next year safe travels yep. um, hopefully isolation passes over quickly and yeah look after yeah. yourself all good bro cheers thanks for having me and uh, it's been a pleasure as well grateful bus catch you later cheers bro thank you